Welcome to the podcast. We have on the brainchild of the of the podcast, uh, basically the one that prompted us both to do it, that is Mr. Brent Clausen. So Mr. Brent Clausen is a great friend. I've only known him for about a year. <laughs> but I feel like it's been I feel like it's been 10 years. So Brent, what uh what do you got to say for yourself? Uh, you know, I feel the same way, dude. When you when you share the experiences that we've had already, like it's crazy. Yeah. You bond, you grow. Yeah. You know, we talk like boyfriend and girlfriend sometimes all the time yeah. anyway. So it's just it's, one of those things. We skip the bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fun, man. It's good having a a person you can trust out there for sure. So yeah, we are going to be doing Mount Hood Mountaineering today. And here's the topics we're going to be covering. And the reason we are is because Brent has been doing a great job. Well, number one, staying on top of freaking sending me all the <laughs> Mount Hood rescues that are happening. <laughs> Ridiculous out there right now. Yeah, man. Crazy. Uh, so the things we're going to touch on real quick is really, so if you're thinking about climbing Mount, Mount Hood, this is going to be a great podcast for you. So we're going to be looking at why do people underestimate it, what you need to know, the mountains to begin with, hazards, and then skiing it. So Brent, why do you think people underestimate Mount Hood? I think people underestimate it because it's the second most climbed mountain in the world. So you see so many pictures and it's all, it's always up there. So people automatically assume it's a hike. I hear that all the time. Like, oh yeah, I hear that's a great hike. And you couldn't be further from the truth. It's not a hike. It's a climb. Yeah, it's definitely a climb. Yeah. Maybe a hike to maybe like the seasoned mountaineers, like freaking Conrad anchor and Jimmy chin, but but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's all, you always see beginner hike, right? And I know there, I don't know if you've heard that story of the lady in the heels that like climbed it at one point, some lady climbed it in high heels or something. I don't know, dude. I don't, it's a weird kind of story, but yeah. So why don't we talk about, I guess, our first experiences with hood. I know you had, I know you had had a good one that you'll never, you'll never do again. We'll never do again. But why do you think, why do you, first of all, like before we get into it, like, why do you think you, because you ended up kind of like, you kind of had like the wrong gear, right? Which is what I had to talk about it. But why do you think, what contributed to that? Do you think like the wrong gear choices and stuff? I think a a lack of knowledge, um, the sport of split boarding really was a little newer the first time I went up, it wasn't there. It's really caught on the last few years. So there's a lot more information out there than when I was looking. And when I was looking for stuff for snowboarding or split boarding, it's different than mountaineering gear. And the information I found was not good information basically is what it came down to. Cause there's a lot of bad information out there. There is. Yeah. This. Yeah. And that's kind of similar to mine, right? Like, so you had, you had summited though, and you, but you had, you had pretty much micro spikes on. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I Googled what crampons fit on snowboard boots because mountaineering crampons don't really, they fit on snowboard boots. I mean, that's what I have now, but 
they're kind of a pain. They're different. So I, I Googled it and I found these crampons, which are really no more than micro spikes, but I bought them off Amazon and uh, they label them as crampons, but they really, they aren't. I mean, they got what a half inch spike on them. Maybe, maybe half inch. So, like they're a joke. Dude, such that's so that's another good point, right? So you go on Amazon, you, the website says you need crampons, right? So you go on Amazon and you search crampons and what do you find? Microspikes, yeah. but they're called like micro crampons or some of them are just called yeah. crampons. Yeah. So there's an issue right there. Absolutely. Especially when you, you don't know, know when you're. Yeah. And you don't, when, if you wear those, like, I mean, I told you, I felt great in them. I've put them on since wearing real crampons and I, I couldn't be more scared when I'm wearing them. I'm like, Oh, these are <laughs> terrible. Yep. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And like, I had a similar one where the first time I went to the hogs back, which I had read in some kind of peak bagging thing or whatever, like, yeah, usually people put on crampons around the hogs back, right. Or like at the hogs back, which is kind of at the devil's kitchen there, which is right before you start really kind of the more technical climbing. So I was wearing micro spikes and it was so icy, dude. And I got up to the hogs back and I remember there was some actual mountaineers up there. And they looked at me and they're like, you're up here in micro spikes. And I'm like, that's what the website said. Dude, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think one thing to add to that, pretty much all the mountains around here, save your money and buy crampons. There's no, yeah. I mean, micro spikes, there's not much use for them in the Northwest. It's not like you have a lot of flat snow travel around here. You're usually starting at the base of a mountain and going vertical. So just get get crampons yeah yeah i mean i it, it obviously it depends on what your goals are right like yeah but flat even on terrain is so good yeah, yeah yeah right but there's but if not you're just a lot like of doing a, snow travel but i have used like micro spikes going up to like mcneil point and stuff like in the mm-hmm. in the late spring where there's still like snow on some higher angle stuff but i don't want to wear crampons but yeah no i know especially like for what we're into now the crampons are indispensable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll never go back. I don't feel good when I wear my micro. Obviously, you saw the crevasse class, how well that went. That was my last time wearing them on accident. Oh, oh that's right. Because <laughs> your wife had them right at one point or something. And, 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 you know, this is a good point. That guy just the fall this week on Mount Hood. Micro spikes. We just oh, saw really? people at the hogs back this year with no micro spikes and it's like yeah when it's sunny out it's probably soft but when it starts to turn back to ice and you're coming down right you need that it's steep you need it putting some notes here because you just sparked my memory with some stuff Mm, that's a good so why do you or i guess okay so back to why people underestimate mount hood I think you made a really good point with it is the most climbed mountain or second most climbed mountain in the world or something. Yeah. What's yeah, number Mount one? Fiji. Mount, Mount oh. Fiji. Oh, gotcha. So, okay. I mean, you, if you're on, if you spend enough time on hood, you'll really, you'll catch people speaking European and I just laugh, you know, cause a lot of Europeans come over here and climb. It's just yeah. crazy to think. Oh yeah. They're usually studs too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> they're, they're studs, man. They are, they're studs. I, yeah, I think so no, too, point. A, a good, uh, 
thing that gets people in trouble up there is it there's always other people up there it's easy to get almost mob mentality you're around other people that are going up you're it stokes your confidence now yeah, if you were um, out there alone i think a lot of people would turn back that get into you know a lot of the situations are on the way down a lot of the falls right. or a lot of the panic attacks or after a summit you know it's the down part you know that's a good point yeah and another uh and another point to that is the fact that it looks like it's right there from timberline it looks like you it's a hop skip and a freaking jump to the top of the summit of mount hood and you know another thing that we didn't i guess didn't talk about is a lot a lot some of the accidents that have happened is because people get lost up there. Right. And so then they get into those giant cliffs, the big Mississippi head or whatever. And it, the, it closes in so fast. I actually, no kidding. I was kind of like talking to this girl and she like had this like guy that she was talking to at the same time, or they were boyfriend. I don't know what happened. That wasn't, I wasn't talking to her when they were dating. I'll just put it that way. But I was like researching him or whatever, or like that. That sounds weird. I wasn't researching him. I you looked at his. On him. I was creeping <laughs> on him. I was creeping on him. So I look, went to his Instagram profile, dude, and he posted a video of when he was summoning Hood solo by himself, and he got to within. He's like, I'm like ten feet from the summit right now, and I have to turn back because I can't see. He started to down climb and he's trying to hold his phone and talk. And he's like, dude, I, he's, he says, I don't, uh, I don't even know which way is up and down right now. So he built a snow cave. And when rescue, he had 1% battery left, triggered the response. This was in 19, 2019, probably. They found him and he was in a snow cave and he was like stripped naked because of like hypothermia and that kind of, that type of stuff where your brain just goes weird. Yeah, dude crazy so, so people I, yeah you know and i think a lot of we, we need to make sure this is advice to beginner mountaineers you know if you're if you've got some other peaks under your belt then it's a different story for you but if you don't you, conditions make the biggest difference you got to pick the right conditions to go up there because it is a dangerous place to be good point you know good point they always say, I know when I was doing research for it, they said, if there's, you know, you have a weather window, but if like the next day is calling for clouds or rain or precipitation, you should be very cognizant of that because those clouds can move in earlier than expected. And there could be a cloud ceiling there. And then you're not going to get out of it <laughs> and you're going to yeah. end up like yeah. that, dude. Yeah. it's a good point. Cool. Yeah. Well, so I guess we kind of touched on number two, which is what you need to know, correct gear, well, correct season. So when do you think is the best time to summit Mount Hood? It's definitely the springtime. I think that's, it's the safest time. It's the best conditions. You're going to get the longest weather windows. That's for sure. I mean, winter can be deceiving because a sunny day in the spring, you're almost guaranteed that it's going to get slushy or corn, you know, uh, a sunny day in the winter could still just be a, a sheet of ice and chicken heads up there. You know, it's not, right. there's no guarantees in winter. You really got to understand the weather 
and know what you're doing if you're going to do a winter summit you need to understand the a lot more than just it being a sunny hot day which the spring is you know april may june you're getting into the 40 plus degree days and you know it's going to be boot packed already and packing corn on the for the ski down well you made a good you had made a good point because i had well, i climbed it a few weeks ago right which is winter but you had said you know go a little bit later because one the snow will be better to ski because it'll be turning to corn and and then hope and then maybe you can actually get like a boot pack up there which when we i mean we summited at about 9 a.m which means we were at like some of those tough parts around seven and eight and it was ice. I mean, it was completely ice and it was pretty scary. But by the time we did get down to ski, which was about noon or yeah, somewhere around there, I don't know, 11 o'clock, maybe noon, dude, it was corn and it was yeah. freaking awesome. So like, even if you are just going to the hogs back to ski, yeah, go later because that was good advice. I thought. Yeah. It's one of those things like learning to read the wet pay attention to the weather patterns year round. So you can see, you can compare it to a different day you're out. It doesn't have to be Mount hood, but any mountain you go to, if you're watching the weather, you kind of learn it. And I think people underestimate that, especially during the winter of how a one day could be 35 degrees and icy up there. Another day could be 35 degrees and good. It oh, just really gosh. depends on it really what does the week before look like the day before even the wind the wind is a huge factor because it could be 40 degrees but if the wind's 50 miles per hour it's ice yeah yep totally a really good account to follow is portland mountain rescue right was that what portland you had mountain sent me rescue. portland yeah. mountain rescue they give really good updates on conditions now when my story of when I went to summit, I got kind of freaked out the day before because I was talking to some people who knew a guy that came down that route and said, oh, like someone's going to die this week. And it was absolutely terrifying. The crevasse was wide open, all this stuff. Right. And Brent's like, hey, check out Portland mountain guides. And they're like, oh, it's pretty good for climbing, you know? you know, some chicken heads skiing wasn't the best, but you know, nothing about anything. Right. And and we were already kind of skeptical of the first report because Brent and I went in there up to the hogs back a couple weeks prior to, to when I summited and it was barely there. And that was when we didn't have any snow. So fear mongering can play a big role in it. And so you want to have credible sources. So Portland mountain rescue is a great one. Sometimes the Facebook groups can be good. PNW Mountaineers, but sometimes they make you feel like an idiot when you ask a question. I I like so. to uh say like your story stalking that dude. When uh on the uh the Mountaineers one Facebook group, I always click on whoever's commenting and I see like I look through their photos, like has this guy really does he do a lot of climbing or is he just commenting and I don't need to take his advice. You know, I, I do a little vetting on that one, but Portland mountain rescue is they're They're, they're legit. Yeah. They're legit. Yeah, for sure. And you see those guys up there on, on hood all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Good point. 
They're go to. So say we want to. So what did? Well, put it this way. I have got a lot of questions from people when I had posted in the in the Facebook group, and they were like, "Hey, do you think I'm ready to climb Mount Hood?" This is what I've climbed before, and they would say Mount St. Helens or South Sister, blah, blah, blah. And I told them this, and this is what someone had told me last year. I said, if you have to ask me this question, you're probably not ready to climb Mount Hood. I, oh, I, I don't know how many times I asked you that, Brent. I was like, how is this compared to hood? Do you think I'm ready to climb hood? Blah, blah, blah. Like I was constantly assessing if I had what it was to climb hood this at this point last year, I did not have what it took to climb Mount hood because I was asking that question before I summited it. I felt ready to roll. So what do you have for advice with that? What are, what are some mountains you would recommend? So some advice on that is for sure. Go up, go up to uh, the devil's kitchen or hogs back a few times. Wow. That is a really good, like you said, from Timberline parking lot, it doesn't look that far. When you get into the devil's kitchen and you know, you're committed to only going to the devil's kitchen, that takes the pressure off you of trying to summit. Like you've already made your plan. You get up there and you get a feeling for how big everything is up there. It's different than, you know, Mount St. Helens or uh, oh, South good. sister. It's a, such a good point world such a good point man yeah the the steel cliffs or whatever they call them and just and you're hearing the ice fall and the you're smelling the sulfur and you're dude it's yeah it's another world it's otherworldly up there and like you said it it just it looks not intimidating because timberline lodge a very popular resort where there's tens of millions of people there it's right there it seems like but it is probably what three miles up or something to the hot or I think it's kitchen like, around yeah around four miles and yeah. even that you know how many people i've told that i know don't want to get into mountaineering but have done mount have done st it. helens where they've done i tell them to go to devil's kitchen i'm like you will yeah. get you know you don't have to summit you don't you, if that's not your thing i recommend people that like going on big hikes or big some of the walk-up mountains to just go up to uh devil's kitchen because that's worth it alone it's a very cool place in itself yeah no such a good point such a good point and you get more of a feel of what it would really be like to summit yeah yeah Yeah. so but talking about mountains to begin with i think uh if you get out get out in the springtime and hit like a middle sister as long as there's some snow that'll get you some exposure some steepness it'll get you comfortable with uh having to do a little bit of a boot pack on some it could be ice it seems to stay in the shade right there so it ices up you know it was pretty pretty firm and icy when we did it last year mm-hmm. um that, that's yeah, definitely for, a good good one for context this is going to be mostly pnw specific so if someone yeah. does <laughs> if you don't live in the pacific northwest i guess you probably wouldn't know but middle sister is one of the three sisters in central Oregon. So actually it's right next to South sister. It's right. Yeah. It's the next mountain over, <laughs> but, yeah. but a little more technical for sure than just kind of a walk up, but yeah, absolutely. It definitely gives you a little bit. And that's kind of what we've talked about and what we have in our notes is like being comfortable with exposure is like one of the biggest things 
one of the biggest things. And middle sister, you get that Brothers Mountain, which is in the Olympic Olympic National Forest, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. That has that little couloir, the hourglass couloir we did. And we boot packed up that. Unfortunately, one of our buddies that we have tried tooth and nail to get onto the podcast actually slipped on Brothers Mountain. And Brent definitely thought he was dead. He looks back up at me. Yeah. Brent looks back up at me. Are you seeing this? I, and so our buddy, what happened was he ended up slipping in the couloir and he tried self-arresting and he could not, he could not do it. He tried shipping his ax sound and he was just sliding on his butt and it was going straight for this rock outcropping. Somehow. I mean, he was, how many seconds do you think he was sliding? It felt, you like, know, forever. It, it felt like forever. So I'm going to have be a terrible judge at that, but it was uh scary, very scary. Yeah. Probably like, probably five to 10 seconds. He was like, just like, can't can't self-arrest and somehow he ends up just stopping because it was very very soft snow i I think there was a little bit of a if he would have went to the left that kept because you know there's that there's a split there that goes around and if he would have went more to the left it would have ran out to more vert but it kind of flat and he i think he just lost some speed but that if those were different conditions Oh, that would have been different so, results. It could have been terrible. If that would have been a condition where it was like a winter Mount Hood ascent, like I did, or we'll talk about a little bit later what I, that Mount McLaughlin, where it freaked me out. Yeah, if it was something like that, he would have been gone. He also would have been gone if that would have happened in that second part of that couloir. So he, it happened to be at the best spot and that freaked him out a little bit. That yeah. freaked him out. And, Mind you, this is a guy that was wanting to climb Mount Hood that year and telling me it's just Mount Hood. It's just Mount Hood. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Not to I, shit on David. He's a good dude, though. <laughs> no, and it happened. It can happen to uh, any of yeah. us. I think it's key to always just be thinking of what can go wrong so you can prepare. Yeah. Well, you're um, a freaking uh master at down cl- at, at uh plunge stepping. Yeah. Well, we that just comes with Brett. comfort. That that I think he and that's another good point. Like go on these mountains and take it serious that it's practice for the next, you know, big mountain. Like we had that little uh side traverse at Middle Sister. You just run into different situations that they might not the risk might not be there, but it's good practice for when you're on a mountain that has risk such good practice and there's like the the different techniques like the french technique where you kind of like step over your crampons that's another thing walking with crampons is a whole nother ball game too if you've never walked with crampons you're going to be sticking yourself in the calf every other step i mean my first time in crampons which was at kind of middle sister which is uh, my first long long duration in crampons my freaking little pants have all these tiny holes in them now (laughs) because i wasn't being aware of how the heck i was stepping and, and yeah. to that point is uh, that's how falls happen too. So yeah. you definitely want to get used to not catching your pant leg and crampons because you don't want to do that on a steep on hood. Yeah. But I think exactly. those two mountains are um, getting yourself out on the snow is important. The spring slush, 
because you're going to be on snow on hood, no matter what, you're not going to climb it in the summer. It's just not, yeah, not happening. So you need to be comfortable in crampons and at least in spring conditions. Right. Right. Yep. When we're on Mount, when you're on Mount hood, there's a few different hazards you definitely need to be aware of. And I would say I really experienced this on my summit, which was the ice fall. And I got it in my video too. It actually whacked my GoPro right off my head, off my helmet. And that was scary, dude. I was, you're out in the open. And a lot of people say that some of the, most of the accidents occur on Mount Hood because of other people, or a lot of them do occur because of other people. But it's not only that you could fall, but it's also that you could get struck in the head by a rock or an ice ball, right? So helmets definitely mandatory on that definitely mandatory yeah. uh, you going back to talking about these posts from portland mountain rescue the one i sent you this week yeah that that whole helmet got split open by a chunk of yes. ice that just shows yes. you how powerful these balls of ice are coming yes. down they hurt yes. too you know i They're took flying. one in the thigh yeah yep yep, yep. i had bruises hmm. yeah i, I one of the guys when I was down climbing actually had told me, he seemed like an experienced dude. He said, dude, when there's, when someone says ice, number one, you should always be like ice, ice to people, you know, below you. But if someone says that you want to be into that wall, like secured, jab your ice axe into that wall, get as secure as you can kind of be as a turtle, you're going to have your helmet. So kind of, you know, push that into the, or kind of, you know, go in like a turtle. I don't know how the hell the hell to say it. other, other way to say it. And basically just let the rock or ice hit you in the head. But the point is, is if you get knocked out, you're secured to the ledge. And if you get knocked out, you won't just fall, right? Someone can help yeah. you or you can come too. that made a lot of sense to me. And so after that, it's like, dude, you're, <laughs> you're the man. <laughs> I appreciate that <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah. That's, so. a, that's, you know, everyone's going to always help on Mount Hood or yeah. in the mountains in general you know what i mean people are awesome up there so you're gonna get good advice you know i think when we were talking about plunge stepping actually a guy kind of showed me on hood just randomly is like in the middle of the pearly gates it's like really do you know how to plunge? yeah yeah it was i was like no not really dude you know i've seen a youtube but right, i don't feel right. comfortable and he's like kind of ran me through the basics i guess that's so cool. And that's such a great point. I thought the same thing, dude, like when, when I was climbing and everybody's saying rock and, you know, and we're all kind of, you know, in this kind of weird suffer fest together, I did, it did feel like a giant team that you were working together with. So yeah, the mountaineering uh, community is pretty cool. I do like it besides the Facebook groups. Those can be, you know, you know, yeah. me in Facebook groups, man. Well, social media is a bad place to talk to each other, right? In general, in general. Yes, it can be. So it can be what else we got for hazards we got uh you know i i i altitude on mount hood is a weird one right because typically i do pretty good in altitude i think it's a combination of the, the sulfur up there and the right around when you're passing illumination rock and getting you know above nine thousand feet and that sulfur's floating down to you it just fucking, it, it can feel draining sometimes, you yeah. know, 
almost yeah. like you're you're getting your butt kicked a little and it's not it's different than uh elevation sickness i felt before it's just a it's more of like a, a headache feeling it's not so 100%. much it, it's a weird thing and i think it's a combination of the sulfur and altitude yeah i would ag- totally agree with that last time when we went up we just went to the hogs back but we spent forever up there we came back down and i said dude i gotta leave like i i thought i was altitude sick i was i was this close to throwing up but you're only at ten thousand feet there or something it's yeah. not that that high but that sulfur will creep up on you i mean and people have died because they fall into the crevasse or whatever or somewhere around there they can't get out and then they get killed by I, the sulfur i'm pretty sure a lady died actually just from hanging out at the devil's kitchen for too long or by one of the funerals they were sitting there too long and uh died from I want to say asphyxiation or something, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that that's how, what killed her was sitting next to it for too long and inhaling that sulfur kills you, you know? Well, and, and so it smells, it's going to make you sick. Yeah. I mean, it smells, I mean, you can smell it. It smells like rotten eggs and I don't know that, what else, but you know, when we were up there and there's less snow and it's more open, I, I got in my car and I could smell it on my clothes. I was like, Oh man. That, yeah, that's right. You know, I remember you saying it, that. Yeah. Saying that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's real. Then you have, yeah, so you already covered altitude. And then there's the crevasse, which is called the Bergschrund, I believe, which is basically yep. when a glacier separates from the side of the mountain. I did some research on this. And yeah, I got to say, like, I, I saw it a little bit when I was up there climbing, but didn't appear to be any kind of an issue. I don't think it's like i mean some people will rope up on that but i don't see it too too often i don't think yeah i think they're gonna be those people doing it are gonna be like early season when it's open and you're you know you don't want to be up there if you're not capable kind of thing and then uh maybe late spring i guess if people are still climbing it but it's funny how much that mountain just slows down once you get past you know, spring, right? It just empties yeah. out. Well, and that's because of the freaking rock fall. Then, then now you're yeah. contending with the rock fall that was ice fall in the winter. But that's why spring is like this really good middle ground of you're not getting too much rock fall or ice fall, and then you can actually have steps to kick in to climb up. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, lead us into skiing, Brent. Lead it or splitting it. What do you think? Splitting it. Uh, God, you never know what you're going to get into. That's that's for sure. You've been up there when it's like, uh, you know, early, earlier, a few seasons ago, a couple years ago, when I first started splitting, I would go up when it snowed 18 inches, right? And I'm like, oh, I should get some pow. It's going to be awesome. And it's a sheet of ice. And because it was 65 mile yes. per hour winds. And, you know, I'm stupid and I go, I'm like, I'm going to go all the way up to the devil's kitchen. Well, then your chicken heads, blue ice, just like not even really that fun. Like Mm -hmm. it just, you're really getting the, you got to pay attention during the winter for those best conditions. But if you're going during the spring, you can get a summit in and then you get that reward of the, that 
corn snow. I, I mostly call it slush, hmm. I, but it, it's nothing's better. It's wide open. It's a great yeah. ride from. Oh, uh, it, it is. It is. It is such a good ride, man. <laughs> and it is forever. It seems like, I mean, Oh yeah, dude. It's, I think it, well, it's like 5,000 vertical feet. You're yeah. pretty much going and you're down just stoked when you get down. You know what dude, I mean? You're just, just so stoked. jacked. <laughs> you're so jacked. Dude, it's so fun. I will say that I didn't know what in the hell corn snow was until the other week when I skied it. I'd already heard that term, but it was sweet. <laughs> I loved it, man. It was easy to ride. Yeah, it, it's almost it, it's almost like the same as riding pow to me it's kind of weird I, I get a lot of joy from it I always tell people that are one they want to learn how to either split board snowboard I'm like learn in the spring it's awesome you can be in a t-shirt you you have control it doesn't hurt when you fall it, yeah. it's very comparable to riding you know everybody always wants to learn how to ride pow and I'm like shit spring's fun Oh, I, people are probably, people, people are going to revolt this podcast when I say this, but I kind of like corn snow more than powder. Well, don't go (laughs) that far. And that's because I can ride it better, man. I just, I have a heck of a time riding powder sometimes. I don't know. I got to get better at that, but. um, That's an art in itself too. It is. It is. That is kind of about it, though, for Mount Hood, for me. Do you have anything you want to add you know, on that? I, I don't have anything. I would just say that if I know that it can be scary to ask someone a question, but if you do, just, you know, just ask you, ask me. We're, we're always looking to help people. We might have missed something that is a no brainer that someone's sitting there going, well, what about this? What about that? You know, just ask people you want to be prepared for this mountain. Don't, you know, you want it to be a good experience. Um, you don't want to be in the news areas. Yeah, no, no, you don't. And you don't want to lose your life. Don't want to be on the newspaper. You don't want to lose your life. I will say this. When I first moved to Oregon, that was the first thing I heard was that this pastor went to the summit and then he fell off. I don't know if it was because of the cornices, which that's another thing to watch out for when you're on the summit. There's a lot of cornices. And I just remember that from that day, I was like, I'll never do that. And then every year you always hear about rescues and deaths. There's always a few deaths on hood. And look, it's not like that with South Sister. It's not like that with Mount St. Helens. And there's a reason for that. And that's because Mount Hood is underestimated. And it's because Mount Hood is, is more dangerous. So don't it's a true beginner technical climb and you got to treat it as a climb. Um, you got to also, one other thing I want to make sure is when you're going up it, just remember, you got to come back down. I think I, I saw a lot of people panicking and having panic attacks on the down climb part. And it's like, really, you got to think about those things. If you're getting nervous on the way up, you're probably going to be more nervous on the way down. So going up is, what is it? Going up is optional. Getting down is mandatory. Boom. (laughs) Mic drop. The best thing that you can do to summit Mount hood is probably to subscribe to this podcast and leave it a five-star rating. That's what I would say. I don't know about you. I'm not superstitious or anything, but look, I hear if you don't do that, 
it's going to rain on your next backpacking trip. I, I don't know. That's just what people say. <laughs> but all right. Later.